want to preface this because my story is a little bit different than probably the, like a very more generalized collective trauma that comes from religion. Um, I found myself in a very, very cult-like mentality. That does not always occur in religious trauma. It can. It can where you feel like, oh, I was part of a group and then I was othered. But that can honestly happen not in a cult mentality religion. Like it's basically, it's the structure pick any religion, right? If I became, you know, um, I don't know, I, I, I'm literally trying to make if I became like pre- Presbyterian right now, right? And I started going to the services. Part of the sociological group is you're going to meet people, you're going to go out to dinner, you're going to create besties, you're going to get friends with the pastor, you're going to have like parties, like, you're sociologically embedded in a society, right? And so the more attuned you are to that society and the more you're like, oh yeah, your beliefs are my beliefs, right? That makes sense for me. You're going to become more adhered. And actually what we don't realize is the children developing into young adults, developing into full adults, that's part of their identity formation. And if, you know, we're both, you know, we're, we're both psychotherapists, we both understand identity formation is happening consistently throughout all stages of our development. And especially when we're children into like the teenage young adults to like our full on adulthood, when we have identity formation bound to religious formation, it is why I try to explain to people religious trauma does deserve to be kind of refined as its own topic is because I always look at trauma as things that shake identity. That's how I always vision trauma. And that's why complex trauma can shake your identity in an insidious way, right? You're like, oh, maybe I need to lay boundaries. Yeah, because you never saw that you needed to, right? Which the complex trauma is a whole nother story, but it's this concept of what is trauma in general? And I always look at it as like something that literally shakes, if not rips your identity, either quickly or insidiously. Both of those are valid. And now when I say, okay, so religious trauma, what would that look like? And I'd say, okay, what would be more shaking if you were literally embedded into a religion and then said, all of a sudden you woke up and you're like, wait, that's not me. That's my mom's identity. Or that's not me. That's my grandma's identity. Oh, shoot. Now I'm, all of my friends are this religion. All of my family does this. Like, what do I do? And now you feel like you're stuck between your own identity formation and your group identity formation, right? And that's where this trauma comes in. So I did want to preface, mine was a little extreme just because it, it became very, very rigid thinking, very, very extreme thinking. It doesn't have to be though. It can just be, I was formed in like, I, I had a pretty, you know, I hear a lot of this. I, I had a really decent childhood. Like I have some good memories at church. And then they'll talk about things that really were like kickers. A lot of sexual identity formation, a lot of relationship identity formation, a lot of gender identity formation. And I don't, do, I just, I don't mean like, do I identify as a woman? I literally mean like, how do you identify your role, your construct of your energy, right? So feminine energy, masculine energy, like, are you allowed to work outside the home? I don't mean, are you going to get 50 lashes if you work outside the home? Are you going to get low-key, insidious? Oh, um, don't you have young babies? That's powerful. This is what I'm talking about. It's like those small little sociological constructs that slowly, oh, maybe I'm wrong because my whole social construct says that I 
basically is telling me like, I'm kind of a bad mom right now. So maybe I'll just stay at home. Right. And I go, okay, so now we're talking about your identity versus the group identity. And when you get convicted that, oh no, there is no way I am not going to let, I'm not going to let mom's groups judge me for working outside this home. Like I'm not going to do that. And you put your foot down and you realize you walk into that room with no shame and you walk into it like, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is like, I, I I'm thriving. I love it. I, I think my kid is thriving. I'm thriving. Like whatever, you know, what you're going to get is you're going to get some distance. You're going to get some of that low key. Oh, but you know, mothers like belong in the home though. Like really, you know, is that, is that really what we're going to do? You know? And then what we're really looking at is What do you do there? Because I don't say you have to leave the religion, but we are looking at structures that happen inside of religious like ideology that might not actually happen. I mean, it can happen, but it might not be as pressured in the general construct of psychology and your interactions with the like anthropological world, like all of the people that you're interacting with. Right. So it's like, okay, so we have (laughs) we have your group, your religious group. And then I think about Every time I never really felt judged, it was like when I talked to people who weren't like not weren't religious, but they weren't part of my religion. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, trying to not have kids right away because I got married super young. And they'd be like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, that's totally fine. Right. And then I would say something like that in my religious group and they'd be like, mm, I mean, like, but a part of marriage is like being fruitful. It's just, you know, what I, like, so do you see how like that? Those are two different am I allowed to be autonomous? Am I not allowed to be autonomous? And like one of it adheres to your religious beliefs and the other one doesn't. So then what I hear a lot of, and this is a lot of the trauma that comes in, is they feel as though, this is what happened in my case, they feel as though they have to choose between their autonomy and their belief in God. And that's Mm -hmm. where I always say it's really sad because it became very all or nothing, right? Where I actually felt like to become a fully autonomous human being, I had to walk away from something I valued. Which for so many listeners who are like, that's where I'm at, I want you to understand like this is where the trauma really, really can get like deep because we can have society like the the religious society like in your in your in your community basically saying, oh, yeah, but that that is true. Oh, you want to be you want to say you're bisexual. Oh, well, I don't know what God thinks about that. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now, right? Like, what am I supposed to do? And so you basically are feeling like, do I choose God or do I choose my own autonomy? Am I selfish for choosing my own autonomy? Am I right? And so there's so much here that I just don't think people have unpacked, right? There's just like a lot of things that people are just like, oh yeah, I guess that's true. You know, I guess God would judge me if I went off on my own and did my own thing and that's where I like to speak to people and say, you know, when people speak to you in all or nothings, I always, I don't want to say it's foolproof, but all or nothing thinking is not a healthy psychological system to kind of adhere to. And I heard it all the time in my religious upbringing, like, oh, you want to do this? Well, you'll go to hell. Oh, you want to um, explore, like ask some questions. Oh, well, um, that's, that means you're having an impure mind. And I'm mm-hmm. like, but I, but I have like a question and like sexual, well, well, you're obviously thinking about sex then. 
you know, you're too young to think about that. Right. It's like, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm giving examples. I, these aren't real. Like these are, these are just my examples of like how this can happen. But genuinely, how well or nothing is that? You're like, but I have, I'm just trying to understand how to be a human being. Like, I just want to know stuff about my body. And they're like, well, obviously you are like just spiraling down into the pits of hell. And you're like, Oh God, you know, like, and you're like a, at this point, this is why I try to explain to people, identity formation is so interesting because if you're asking these questions when you're in puberty and like, you're like 12, 13, 14, whatever, and you're genuinely just trying to get a straightforward answer. And they're basically saying, Oh, anytime we talk about this, you're basically like riding the line between a sin because in theory, you're kind of having these impure thoughts and like, this is where your purity comes in and all of the purity culture is this whole other thing. But now you're basically like, oh, that's all or nothing. That I can't even touch that without it being like a problem in my faith system. So now I have to do that like in secret. Mm-hmm. Now I have to think about those things in my own way. And this is actually like, it's pretty powerful stuff here because if you're doing your own like sexual identity formation and you don't have any like mm-hmm. real information, we can have some really messed up envisionings of like, what we believe about women and what we believe about men and what our role and what our power is and what our where our power comes from right ooh like there's some serious deep stuff there <laughs> <laughs> 